Welcome to this podcast series on neo-charismatic leadership with author, leadership expert and coach, Dr. Gada Angawi and executive leader, Martin Headley, where they will both explore the recently published book, Neo-Charismatic Leadership and the coaching topics it covers. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year 2022. Today, we are discussing role number eight, which is encouraging collaboration at the third stage of devising means to achieve the vision. If you're following on the model infographic that is free to download from our website when you register for our newsletter, you'll see that we are at the last third of the model. You'll also notice that we are now at the red orbit where roles really become intertwined and maybe somewhat entangled due to the nature of the stage where real implementation takes place. The new charismatic leader not only sends or articulate messages around the shared vision at this stage, but they're also doing other things with their teams and followers to get results. Role number eight, encouraging collaboration is a result-oriented and seek to instill the concept of working together at its highest level, which we will dive into today. Okay, that's great, Gada. And I'm really looking forward to this because obviously as a, an implementation and transformation expert, this is where, as they say, the rubber meets the road. This is where action is going to happen or not if you're not engaging your teams correctly. And while we spent a great deal of time in preparation, this is where we really get to do some work. Now, I found it interesting that the way we describe teams, we use that word team quite frequently, and it's a rather broad brush word, if you want to look at it that way. Because if you look in the dictionary, it just simply says a group of people who are doing things together. But that's not going to cut it if you really want to get some activity going and get some results. So, what I like to say is, you know, what kind of team have you got? And I think you're going to be addressing that a little bit later on in the podcast. But what I believe in collaboration is that, and what, I, what I've seen from my own experience and, and from watching other good leaders, is that you actually have to sit back and watch what's going on and design the collaboration. And you have to do it on the fly. So you might actually be in one meeting for, say, an hour with 15 people. And you notice that the the team has actually moved from one place to another and you have to adjust to make sure people are collaborating. Yeah, this is interesting what you're saying. It really relates to designing teams and designing collaboration in teams. And it's very true that it's teams are not just a group of people working together. Otherwise, we won't call them team. We will call them a group of people. So when I did this research, I noticed that new charismatic leaders were high on collaboration. And uh, some of them actually admitted to me that they had deficiencies in some of the skills that they felt were essential for, for their role. But because their team was strong in these skills and the competencies they brought into the team, the senior leadership team, they felt that this compensated for their weaknesses. And that is an essential, important discovery because people think leaders know everything and can do anything. But in essence, really leaders are human beings. They have limited abilities in, in some of the aspects of the job. 
And, and this is where team collaboration kicks in and, and brings value to the organization. If a leader can succeed in mobilizing their senior leadership team or their team in a big organization or a medium-sized organization or even a small organization, this means that they are going to be effective in leading the transformation in that organization. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, it sometimes comes as a surprise to aspiring leaders that they don't need to know everything. In fact, they don't even have to be good at certain things as long as they are surrounding themselves with people who can do the right thing. And maybe designing the collaboration is not your skill as the top person. Maybe you need somebody by your side that uh, really is looking out for this and giving you hints and suggestions all the way along. But either way, what I'd like to describe it as is the level of cohesion necessary in a team to achieve the result. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you can imagine 10 people in a team, but each of them do exactly the same work. So it's, so you just, it's one person's work 10 times over because of volume. You only need relatively low cohesion in that team because they're most likely doing something operational. And, you know, that's not going to require a lot of new information, not a lot of new decisions and things like that. On the other hand, a team of 10 people where each one does something completely different. But you need all 10 giving outputs in order to achieve the outcome that you want. That's where you need the extremely high cohesion. So it's absolutely essential at the executive level, but I've seen it fall down in the middle management as well. So if, if you're at the top, if you're the neocharismatic leader and you're not looking down into your second and third levels to make sure that they also understand what they need to do in terms of collaboration, then you're still going to miss the goal. Yeah. Sure. So really there are, uh, as you described, levels of collaboration and levels of cohesion and levels of interdependency in different teams. According to six team conditions research conducted by Harvard scholars Richard Hackman and Ruth Wagman and Erin Lehman, in many publications based on years of research, High-performing teams demand a high level of interdependence, which is part of the first essential condition for being a real team. Before we go on any further, let me clarify a bit about six team conditions to our listeners so that they can understand why new charismatic leaders are all about collaboration. According to the research conducted by Harvard scholars, there are three essential conditions. Being a real team having the right people, and fulfilling a compelling purpose for that team. There are also three enabling conditions, having the right structure for the team, operating in a supportive context, and the availability of a team coach, to your words, that you mentioned someone might be there to support the leader in helping them structure the team and making that team high-performing. Being a certified to run team diagnostic survey myself and identify the six conditions in teams helped me expand on the idea of collaboration. Teams, function and performance is essential to the transformation process of any organization and the effectiveness of leadership. Six team conditions make it clear that there are four levels of collaboration which different teams can use at different stages of their performance. There are four levels of interdependence where a team can exist. The first 
information sharing where team members keep each other informed about what's going on in their individual spheres of responsibility so that each is being aligned towards a shared purpose. Although they share information, they do not do anything, decide anything or create anything together. And that's the first level. The second level is consultation. Consultative teams meet in order to provide advice and counsel to one member of the team or to each other. They help support each other's areas of responsibility. The third level is coordination. Leadership teams take responsibility for aligning multiple parts of complex activities and making sure that all parts are fitting together, like in in a huge big project. The timing, the sequence, interfaces and pieces all have to work together to for the project to succeed. And that's the third level, and it demands cohesion and collaboration. The fourth and the ultimate level of collaboration is when the team engages in collective strategizing and evaluation of alternatives. For instance, what actions will they be taking to reduce carbon emission after the conference in Glasgow? Decision-making is the most interdependent and complex part of team activity. Yes. Now, it's interesting that, you know, we've got six team conditions and we've got four different types of collaboration amongst teams for the listener's benefit. There are probably more consulting models written on the uh, team experience than any other area. So don't get hung up on that. Definitely remember these four collaboration. And I'll give you a reason why. When you are in an organization, particularly a large one, and you are an operational person, the work that you're doing day in and day out is what brings in the revenue to the company. Okay. In some organizations, it's also the product person because the product person may be developing the product for the operations people to use or sell. And then on top of that, you have a large group of other executives that sit around the table. So HR, IT, administration, legal, I mean, the list goes on. One of the dangers of being a purely democratic team at the top is that if you just simply take a matter of votes, you could have the product and the operations person agreeing to something and all of the other areas not agreeing. So in fact, what happens is the decision is going against the best interest of the company and the best interest of the customers getting what they wanted. This kind of imbalance is rather interesting because for the neo-charismatic leader, you've got to make sure that you can convince people that you understand they have opinions, but you've got to listen to really only two members of your team for a particular operational issue. Okay. Then possibly in the very next meeting, you might be discussing some new HR initiative or a diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative or something like that, where everybody's input is roughly equally important, right? Because it's something new. It's something that you're transforming into. So there you can take a democratic approach. The majority vote wins. So it requires a certain dexterity to be able to see this and, and to watch it going along. But, you know, if you think about an operations team, Information sharing was the first level you spoke about, Gerda. Information sharing is very important because typically it helps the other members of the team with their own jobs, 
And it also gives them better information to keep their customers up to date or produce whatever items they're making in machinery or something like that. Okay, so information sharing is in fact always important. And I think that's something that the leader should make sure is flowing freely. Because every time it doesn't flow freely, then you get hiccups and problems and customer complaints. You move up to the consultative level. And I think this is where a lot of teams really need to be. Too many people try and get their teams up to the next level, which is coordinating. But in fact, they just need to remain in consultation. So for example, let's say I'm running a big organization or a big operation and you know, I have some interesting employee issues that come up. Okay. Then what I need, I need to talk to the legal team. I need to talk to the HR team. I need to talk to the IT team to find out what happened. What should we do? What's the best way forward? Okay. And that's where I need to consult with them. They need to consult with me. But again, I still hold that decision because I'm primarily operations. Now, when you go up to coordinating, this is where the team is actually working together, right? So they're, they're coordinating activities. This is where I think many teams operate and they don't understand the decision-making piece, which is the top level, okay? And they need to know that they don't understand that. So again, the neo-charismatic leader should explain to them that, you know, your role is not to make decisions, but it is to, it is to coordinate activities and then encourage collaboration amongst the team to achieve that one goal. And then finally, the decision-making, which is where most teams really think they are, even though they're not. But this is a team that can actually create a joint decision. And as I said, even that doesn't necessarily mean one man, one vote. You know, it may be biased heavily in front of one organization or another. So that's a lot to think about. And so when I've been in this position and I've been watching my team's sort of hash things out. In the back of my mind, I've got this four-point model and I'm thinking through and say, okay, well, this is, this is good collaboration because we're going to end up with a decision or this sounds like it's going to a decision and it's not ready to be decided yet. So that's when I have to step in and say, no, we're not ready to go there yet and keep the team going at the slightly lower level. Hopefully not in a way that they notice you know, to them, it's just the, f- the flow of business, the flow of the operation. It's tough when you first think about it. And when you first try it, all you're thinking about, everything in your mind is, oh, what are these people doing? Am I encouraging the right thing in the meeting? To the point that you, at the end, probably have forgotten what was said in the meeting. That's okay. That's going to happen. You know, but if you've got an engaged team, they're going to march forward anyway. So don't worry about it. And then come back and practice and practice and typically within about two to three months, you'll be doing this almost like you're breathing. You'll not notice until you stop. So so what you're saying, Martin, is very much that the level of collaboration depends really on the team function itself and uh, the context of that team and the level of uh, the organization where they are operating. And not every team is asked to function at the highest level of collaboration, which is decision making, because maybe this is not what is required of them. But it's very important also for the leader to clarify the purpose of the team, which we will expand on further next episode, hopefully uh, digging more into why the three first conditions are important for forming teams and how can we encourage collaboration uh, through them. 
So it is important for the leader to be able to observe what the team is doing rather than just engage in the conversation and forget about the observation. I think leaders uh, have a bigger role of directing and navigating with the team where they are going rather than making it go or or pushing for the conversation to move forward. I think it's uh, it's more about taking moments of silence, contemplating on the relationships, on what the team is, is what's happening, as you just said. And, and that observation requires also self-awareness, because if you're aware of yourself in the moment and of your thoughts and, and emotions as the team is, is moving forward in the conversation, you are more able to help them navigate their own difficulties as the conversation continues and as the work and the business continues. So, uh, yeah, truly, this was a very uh, informative discussion. And I, I like the examples and the way you put it forward. So thank you very much for that. That's good. Actually, the, the one thing that I'd like to say here is that if you do this correctly, there's another side benefit, which is very important. And this speaks back to the some of the very early podcasts that we did around building trust. The neo-charismatic leader wants to build trust in them so that people will follow. But by making sure and coaching your other teams to be collaborative and to be effective collaborating, you actually help them build trust amongst themselves. And that is an almost invaluable benefit. Okay, so uh, we are uh, at 20 minutes and I think it's time for us to say goodbye <laughs> to our listeners and hopefully we will continue this discussion in our next episode. Thank you very much for being with us. Goodbye. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Garda and Martin, hope you enjoyed this episode. There is more information available at neocharismaticleadership.org. And if you would like to discuss coaching or training for yourself or your team, you can contact Garda and Martin through the website. We look forward to your participation next week. Until then, goodbye.